What's going on, Card Nation? Welcome to another episode of The Breakdown here on a Thursday night, a game week edition of The Breakdown. We are so excited to be here with you. Taylor Lynch, Lewis Metzinger with you guys as always. It is Louisville. It is Purdue Saturday night, prime time in Indianapolis in the Dome at Lucas Oil Stadium, and we cannot wait for that. We have got a packed show full of all kinds of fun stuff for you guys tonight. We'll hear from Bobby Petrino. We'll hear from Jeff Brom. You'll get uh, our wonderful week one picks, which I'm sure you guys are looking forward to. And we will also be joined by Mark Carmen, or Mike Carmen, sorry, the beat writer for the Purdue Boiler Makers of the Journal and Courier there in West Lafayette. Indiana. So, like I said, big show, a lot of stuff to get into tonight. And as I alluded to earlier, joined by my co-host, Lewis Metzinger. Lewis, what's going on, man? Uh, what's up, dude? I'm ready. It's it's been, uh, it's been too long. I feel like we've been waiting for like a year and a half. I'm with you. It's been a rough uh, couple of months. We've had a lot of other stuff going on around athletics and now we get to focus on something good, and that something good is football. Thank goodness it's back. So It's back. I know you're going to the game. I'm going to the game. I think that there's really no reason that a Louisville fan should not be at this game. Um, Indy is not that bad of a drive. Well, I say that time-wise, Indy is not that bad of a drive. Uh, Traffic-wise, it's downright terrible, but... Time-wise, it's not that bad of a drive. It's in a dome, so you don't have to worry about rain or anything like that. And the tickets are not that expensive, man. 35 bucks for a yeah, football ticket nowadays? Yeah, it's not bad at all. I mean, you know, it's not really 35 bucks. It's 35 bucks for the actual ticket, and then you got to pay, what, like True. an additional 30 for the fees but and then for parking and whatnot. But you're right. I mean, I mean, I think I get student football tickets for, like, $25. So to be able to, like, that's a cheap ticket, you know? Being able to get that that kind of price and only a couple of bucks more for, if you're not a student, I mean, that's a great deal. And only having to drive, what, hour and a half, two hours to yeah. get up there, two and a half, that's, it's not bad at all. There's, you know, people will say that the, the opponent is not great, but listen, we haven't had football in, what, 10 months now? So you should be there. Exactly. I don't care who we're playing. It's finally football, and and that's all that matters. I, I don't care who it would be. I would be there. I would be at this game uh, no matter who the opponent was. But it's a little juicier because Jeff Brom is the head coach now at Purdue, so that right. adds a little flavor to it. Brian Brom, one of his assistants, several guys on that staff were at one point Louisville assistants. Uh, so it adds a little extra, little extra spice, a little extra flavor uh, to this matchup on week one, don't you think? Oh, for sure. I mean, without a doubt, um, it's it's almost like um, it, it's almost like if you were to like go up against your sibling in something, right? Um, you kind of have that where you kind of root for each other when you're not playing. Um, obviously if you do that, if you were siblings, so once it's, once it comes time to go against each other, I mean, all bets are off. You're as Bobby said, uh, he's the enemy for at least this coming weekend. Oh yeah. I don't think there will be any pleasantries, um, on the field pregame, um, because both guys are highly, highly competitive and both guys want to win. Um, 
Sorry, I had a like little. Did you hear that? Like a little Bobby Brady moment? Like a little. Well, like I, like a little puberty. I thought we were gonna play it off, but um, I yeah. can't play that off, dude. Okay. I've been. <laughs> it's been bad, man. I've been fighting bronchitis. Yeah, I was gonna say you've been sick, so yes. you have an excuse. Yeah, it's been. I don't know how I got through last night with Ethan and Nick uh, on LSL without uh, just losing it because it's it's been rough. So. I'm going to try to push through tonight and definitely have to be in in prime screaming shape on Saturday. Um, of course. Because hopefully the Cardinals will give us plenty to yell about. Uh, I know, guys, we, we've all been wondering, Lewis and I have been wondering, um, what are we going to wear? Because, you know, that's the most important thing. Um, what are the Cardinals going to be wearing on Saturday night under the lights at Lucas Oil Stadium? And I think we may have got a little, uh, a little maybe sneak peek or, or so today uh, at practice. Louisville donning the red chrome helmets tonight uh, at practice, so that's happening. So uh, you could assume that maybe they will will wear those red helmets. I also think that we might see. Red helmets with the white jersey and maybe black pants. Hmm. I don't know. Um, I'm judging by a response uh, yeah, from. Yeah, you saw the same thing. Yes, I did. Yes, a response to a fan from the U of L equipment staff uh, saying that they should wear red, white, and black. So that would be an interesting look for the Cardinals. Uh, a, a nice little. Kind of a, uh, back look almost uh, yeah a little bit and I, I do know that jeff brahm said today that purdue will wear gold helmets um with black jerseys and gold pants so that's uh that's your uniform update for the night uh, your fashion update for saturday night and guys again i should have said this earlier but i i kind of glazed over it um if you're listening to the podcast thank you thank you thank you so much make sure you share it out uh if you're listening on itunes it's really easy just go to the bottom of the page there and, and share the podcast out also hit us up on twitter at the breakdown ul at lewis metzinger or at taylor lynch uh, and let us know if you're going to indianapolis um we can all tweet back and forth as we're undoubtedly stuck in traffic either on the way up there or on the way home because it's Indian, and that's just how things are. So let's get into the game itself a little bit. Um, obviously, you know, we talked about it and talked about it and talked about it. But on Saturday night, Lewis, when you're at Lucas Oil Stadium and you're watching this game, what are you expecting to see from the Cardinals on the field? What am I expecting to see, or what do I want to see? Uh, let's do both. Let's let's do what do you want to see, and what are you expecting to see? Okay. Well, obviously, I'll start with what I'm expecting to see. Uh, I'm expecting to see. Um, I, I want to say vastly um, better line play, but maybe even just marginally better line play. Um, uh, just the O line, just. No, I shouldn't say no. Very few penalties, please. Um, I think if we start off this first drive, let's say we win the coin flip. Obviously, we're taking the ball first. First play of the game, false start on the offensive line. Mm. I'm pretty sure 60% of Card Nation will leave at that moment. <laughs> um, I would not be surprised. That would It would kind of be funny, but at the same time, we'd all just have nightmares. Um, so better line play, oh, yeah. far less penalties. Minimal fumbles, if any. Um, 
just stuff like that. And then just to see Lamar um, making some crisp decisions. Um, and I guess, I guess those two kind of go uh, hand in hand with what I want to see um, and what I expect to see. So I guess all those things are kind of in both categories. But, um, you know, I texted you this earlier. I'm not – I'm just kind of more pessimistic as far as watching games. Like I always hype myself up that to, like we're going to lose and then when we win it makes it better for me. Um, that is so, kind of your MO. Know. You do that a lot. It is. It is. Uh, like I don't like playing Duke. It makes me very sick to my stomach in basketball. Um, just stuff like that. I just kind of hype myself up that it, we're going to lose and so then when we play well and win. So I'm hoping that's the case. But I'm – I don't like being anywhere between a 27 and 28 point favorite. And I don't like playing teams that we're supposed to beat badly. And I don't like that everyone on Louisville radio and on Twitter has been so dismissive. Like, Oh, we're going to give Purdue the beat down. I wouldn't be surprised if we do, but I don't like, I'd rather go into it being, it's always better to go into it being an underdog. And and that's kind of what the team is this year. As far as all the, the, the lack of attention that Lamar's gotten and the lack of a t- uh, respect that Louisville's gotten as a team. And we understand why based on last year, but I like that. I like that we're the underdog this year. I like that we're not in the, the preseason playoff things. I know I like that we're a dark horse. I like that Lamar's not getting the Heisman attention. I like that. And, but I don't like being like, Oh, we're going to dominate Purdue because you know, most of the time it doesn't go that smoothly. So we'll see. I'm kind of with you on on enjoying the reveling in the being a dark horse uh, type of thing. I think what I expect to see on Saturday night is I expect to see improved line play, just like you. Um, I also expect to see us dominate defensively. Um, I think that that the defensive line is going to be able to kind of do whatever they want uh, to a Purdue offensive line that allowed 11 sacks in their spring game. Um, wow. Yeah, so so I, I like that I like Louisville's defense in this game. I think that they will be able to dominate and really make some plays. And then I expect to see Lamar do Lamar stuff, which I know sounds really like generic, but. I think we. All, I think the entire entirety of Cardination knows what you mean by that. Yeah, I mean, he's probably going to break a long run at some point Saturday night. Um, he is probably going to make somebody in that Purdue secondary look ridiculous uh, when they try to tackle him one on one, and then he jukes and breaks an ankle uh, and takes it the distance. So I, I think we'll see Lamar stuff. I'm expecting to see an improved passer. Um, I'm expecting to see some snaps from under center. Uh, I'm expecting to see him really read the defense well um, and, and and just be smart with the football. Uh, I know that that has been something that they have been preaching all off season is the fundamentals and taking care of the football. Uh, and I expect to see Lamar do that uh, effectively on Saturday night. Um, so let's, let's get to a little bit of this coach's sound, because like I said, our, our buddy, Mike Carmen um, of the journal and Courier going to join us here at about six 30. Um, so let's get to a little bit of this sound, I'll play a few minutes of this. This is Bobby Petrino at his, um, weekly press conference. This was from Monday, uh, as he previews this matchup with the Purdue Boilermakers. Ready to go. I'm good. Game week's finally here. Excited about it. You know, probably always one of the, the biggest challenges last week 
uh, when you start school and, and you don't have a game. But I was really happy with the way our guys came out and practiced last week. I thought we practiced hard. Uh, I thought we practiced with good effort and really um, tried to focus on our position and get better. So I, I was happy about that. Uh, obviously, play, playing Purdue, um, I know a lot of those coaches on the staff. Uh, Jeff worked for me for uh, a number of years. Um, they were most all of them were at my daughter's wedding this summer. Uh, but this is not a game about you know this, the coaching staff. This game's about our players, and you know we need to do a good job of getting our players ready to play, and uh, you know they need to go out on the field and, and perform the way we're capable of performing. So I think that's what we have to focus on is having a great week of practice and really getting ready, you know, to go out there and, and perform well. Um, we did have a, a scrimmage last Friday night. Um, I thought it went well. It's kind of what we call a mock game where you, you scrimmage, but you also hit all the things that come up during a game with the special teams. Um, and our players did a good job preparing for that. You know, they we didn't have any uh, substitution mistakes. Um, I thought we executed very well. You know, the one thing we've really been trying to do defensively is play the good principles of defense, do a good job with that, and I thought we did that. You know, we shed blocks, we ran full speed to the ball, we tackled well, and we created some turnovers. So it was it was good to see. I think it was the best scrimmage we've had defensively. I thought they were very focused and, and played extremely fast. And, uh, you know, I thought our defensive linemen did a good job on, on really controlling the line of scrimmage uh, with our one defense. Um, as far as the, the offense goes, I like where we're at there. You know, I think our offensive line is going to be a lot better. Um, I really think we have some good weapons around Lamar that we can use. Jalen Smith and, and Seth Dawkins have had really good uh, fall camp. Both of them are catching the ball well and getting open, and, and we're able to do different things with them. Um, all our running backs are doing a good job. Um, and, you know, in the three areas that they need to do, number one is protect the quarterback, uh, two is run with the ball, and then three is catch it out of the backfield. And, you know, I've got great confidence in all three of them that they, they've been doing that. Um, I think the tight end, you know, we're basically going into the game saying we're going to play two uh, with Charles Stanberry and, and Mickey Crum. Um, although we'll have, you know, the other guys ready to go, but it won't be something where we feel like we'll rotate them in. It's just in certain situations um, they need to be ready to get in the game and, and make plays. But uh, And Charles has done a really nice job, and Mickey's done a nice job. We need to keep them both fresh. They're both better players when they're fresh. Uh, and they can concentrate and, and do their job. Uh, I'm excited to see how we'll be on special teams. I feel like we're fast, and our cover team should be really good. We've got some elite returners. The number one thing we've got to do is do a good job of blocking for them. Uh, you know, on punt return, we've got to give Jair room to catch the ball and make something happen in the first seven to eight yards, and then he's going to have a chance to make some big plays for us. And on, on kickoff return, we've just got to make sure we get them started and, and sustain our blocks. That's always the hardest thing about kickoff return is sustaining your blocks. And you know, the one thing they always worry about now is how many opportunities you get to, to return kickoffs and how much time you spend on it. You know, because there are, are a lot of balls kicked into the end zone, particularly when you play inside. So that you know, that could be something that happens here. Um, but I do like what we've what we've been doing. I like the way our guys are blocking it. 
uh, and I like our returners, how they hit it full speed and can make cuts. So our specialists should do a good job. Uh, Blanton's had a really nice camp. He's come back stronger. You know, I, I knew he would with the offseason and the flexibility that he worked on. You know, uh, I feel like he can, you know, anywhere 51 yard yards in that he's going to have a great chance to put three points on the board. And, you know, last year it was at 46 yards where we felt comfortable. So he's done a really nice job of improving that. Uh, Mason King obviously has had a great year last year for us. I think he's, you know, more consistent in practice right now. So hopefully he comes out and continues with that. We'll have a, a true freshman long snapper, Mitch Hall. Um, but he's very good at it, and he's got a lot of confidence and does a nice job. Our times have been very good, so I'm uh, looking forward to that. But uh, with that, I'll just open up for questions. Probably as the game has gotten faster, how much have you had to adjust your thinking about substitution? Um, you know, substitution is something when, they, when you're on defense and the offense is moving and trying to keep pace. Uh, you have to pick your spots. You know, how soon can you get somebody in or do they change personnel groups? And if they change personnel groups, then you get the opportunity to do it. Um, but you have, to, you have to work on it and be, be ready for it. Uh, you know, I think we'll have some challenges this year on teams that really like to go fast. Uh, Purdue will do no huddle, and, and, but they're not like the fast, fast tempo, you'd say, of a Syracuse or even North Carolina, which would be our second game. You know, we've practiced that through camp, um, tried to work on it, um, but it's never the same as in a game. You know, and when you practice in camp, you have like two different groups of receivers out there and you just run, run them in and go probably even harder in practice than it really is in a game. Say that again? As you're thinking about how to manage I mean, it's just what football is now. So you've had to adapt with it. Bobby, you obviously know the system, a new system there, pretty much of being there. What about offensively? I mean, do you expect what talent-wise? What have you seen on the Yeah, I think the biggest uh, question right now is what quarterback we're going to see. You know, um, all three of them. Um, played in the spring game so we've been able to see that and you know we've tried to practice on on what this guy did what this guy did um, you know I know their starter was back yesterday and practiced I think he has a really good release and a strong strong arm you know he, he threw a lot of interceptions a year ago but this is a different different system for him so um, you know just to see how much practice he is and how healthy he is uh, they've got one quarterback that's a really good runner, really good athlete. You know, you see him on video from the spring game uh, playing quarterback, and then two plays later he's at receiver. Um, so obviously he's got great running ability and, and can do a lot of different things. And then they got a big drop-back style guy that, you know, um, so we got different things that we have to prepare for depending on who the quarterback is. There's a little bit there from Bobby Petrino as he met with the media on Monday previewing this matchup uh, with the Purdue Boilermakers. Some interesting things there from Coach Petrino. Uh, does mention Seth Dawkins and how well he's practiced and how well he's come along. And I think that that is something uh, that a lot of Louisville fans have been hoping for and, and hoping to hear, so that's good. Um, and talks a little bit there about... Um, 
about Purdue and and kind of what he expects from them, um, what he what he thinks he's going to get from them, and and that was something that I had wondered about when we were talking about this game and when it was announced is is how much Jeff Brom knows about Louisville and how much Petrino knows about Jeff Brom and what he's going to want to do at um, at Purdue. So. I think that that's why, in the beginning of this game at least, you're going to see some some good plays, some big plays, some interesting stuff. Um, I think it's going to be a fun one and a competitive one early on. I think Lewis muted himself. Did you mute yourself again, dude? Because you do that a lot. Yeah, my mute button on my mic <laughs> is like, it's... It doesn't work right, so if I push it, sometimes it blinks like it's muted, but it's not actually muted, and then other times it gets stuck, and I have to hit it like three or four times. Um, anyway, yeah, it's I need to get a new mic. But, yeah, you do. Um, yeah, you know, I, I think that people to or players to watch, I, I think obviously we saw a lot out of Seth Dawkins last season um, that kind of, I think left everybody wanting more of him. Um, because we saw some of the big plays that he can make. The dude has massive hands. Yes. Uh, he's a, just a monster. Um, and, and like I said, just a second, I mean, he made plays. Um, I, he made a couple plays, I'm pretty sure, in the Houston game. Um, I could be I could be thinking of a different game, but I, I'm pretty sure he made a, a couple big plays in the Houston game mm-hmm. um, that, that specifically stick out to me. Um, so I think he's going to be... I don't know if I'm more interested to see what he does or what Des Fitzpatrick does this season because I obviously I was really high on him when he committed. Um, didn't get to see him at all last year. Um, didn't really need him, I don't think. Right. Um, but this year, I, I think they're both. It, it'll be a coin flip to see which one of them um, has a more um, a bigger season. I, I think probably Dawkins is going to be called upon more, but obviously we know that Jalen Smith is the guy. Um, to watch um, on the wide receiver group, but man, we got we're loaded on the skill positions. Um, really, the only question mark is running back. Um, I don't know. Jeremy Smith is healthier, I think, um, so I think he'll probably go. But I'm I'm also anxious to see Reggie at running back. That's going to be really different. So um, we'll see. I don't know. I'm excited. There's so much to look forward to. Um, there's so many unknowns, but also there's a lot of knowns. And so it's kind of this, it's like you don't know everything you're going to get, but you know a good bit of what you're going to get. So it, it kind of really has a nice dynamic there. It It is, and I, I'm i just excited, man. I feel like we just keep going back to the same thing. But, man, I, I mean, like, yeah, Seth Dawkins, and I'm excited to see what he does, and I'm excited to see what this offensive line does. But... I'm just excited to go to a Louisville football game again um, because it feels like it has been forever um, since we've seen this team play and, and really since we've seen this team win um, because you had the, the three-game slide, of course, that everybody knows about. But, yeah, I'm just ready. I'm just ready for football, uh, to get back to football. And did you catch there in that interview with Petrino because I know how intently – you listen to all of these coaches' interviews that we play here on on the program. Yes. Um, did you did you catch the part there uh, where he makes mention of the speed at which uh, teams play and, and the speed he expects from Purdue? But then he also talks about North Carolina and how they like to go up tempo, and sure. uh, it's almost like 
he kind of lets you in a little bit to know that they've already looked ahead to right. week exactly. two into <laughs> that North Carolina game and have probably game planned a little bit for them already. Yeah, and I, you know I don't like that kind of stuff. I like I, we had we got enough of looking ahead last season um, and overlooking opponents. I don't I never like that idea. But yes, I mean clearly. Um, they don't think I don't think Petrino thinks that this is going to be that much of a challenge for him. Um, but um, it, it is it's don't you think it's a little concerning that he that's their main their struggle is going up tempo because there are, um, you know, North Carolina, Syracuse teams like that that do play that up tempo style. And, you know, I don't know if he's being completely, you know, forthright and saying that's it's like it's actually something they struggle with. But, you know, you want a defense that plays at that same speed that these teams play at. So I don't know. I think and I assume and and would expect this year that a lot of the substitution issues that Louisville had last year when they went up against these teams that went no huddle, uh, I don't think you're going to see because I don't think the defense is going to be as complex as it was was last year under um, Todd Grantham. So you don't, I don't think you're going to see those issues with guys struggling to get on the field because they don't know what the play is and and the other guys don't know whether to come off or not because they don't know what the play is. Uh, So I think that Coach um, Sermon coming in and and kind of simplifying the defense a little bit is going to take care of some of those issues uh, that we saw last year in terms of the you know, getting in and getting out on defense and, and going up against these teams that like to go no huddle. Yeah. Uh, guys, again, you know how to get in touch with us. As always, hit us up on Twitter. It's at the Breakdown UL, at Taylor Lynch, or at Lewis Metzinger. So we're going to switch gears a little bit now, get the Purdue side of things as we bring in our friend Mike Carmen of the Journal and Courier there in West Lafayette, Indiana, the beat writer for the Purdue Boilermakers. Mike, welcome into the show. How's it going? Uh, it's going great. Ready to watch a game. <laughs> I think that's kind of how we all feel, is ready for football to just be back and to have a game to talk about. So, obviously, Mike, the, the big question that has been circling around Purdue is is the health of, uh, of quarterback David Blau. And it looks like... According to Jeff Brom today, uh, after practice, that he's going to play. They expect him to play. Uh, whether or not he will start, we still don't know. Brom playing that really close to the vest. But it uh, looks like he will definitely play and, and see action in the game Saturday. Is that the feel that you got after practice today? Yeah. I mean, I, I think once he was uh, cleared uh, by the athletic trainer staff and doctors last week, last Friday, uh, I think he got the sense he was going going to play, and he's been through uh, now a full week of practice, and um, I, I, I think he's in, in as good a shape as he can uh, to play, and I think everyone feels comfortable with him playing. Uh, so the only question is, does he start? Uh, my guess is yes, uh, because if he was 100% healthy, he would probably start, or if he never got injured, he would probably start in this game and there wouldn't be a question. So if he's cleared to play and he's, he passes all those tests and all those other things, then I wouldn't, you know, well, why not start him? But both those guys are going to play. In fact, you'll probably see three quarterbacks uh, on the field uh, throughout the game. Now, do you think w- with 
multiple quarterbacks, do you think that the the offense will change when each quarterback comes in the game, or do you think that they will the offense will mostly remain the same um, no matter who the quarterback is? I think the offense will remain the same, uh, especially with uh, Blau and Sindelar. Now, those guys can do different things out of the offense also. Blau, is, Blau can be more of a scrambler uh, than, than Sindelar. Sindelar is more of a, a big pocket presence. Uh, but then when you throw the third guy in there, Jared Sparks, he gives you kind of a change, in, change of pace. He's a dual threat. It would be more of a probably a wildcat type of uh, formation and, and wildcat type of plays with him where you don't know for sure if he's going to run or throw. Um, so the offense probably won't change that much with the with Blau and Sindelar, but could look a little bit different with uh, Sparks back there. Mike Carmen, our guest here of the Journal and Courier, beat writer for the Purdue Boilermakers, joining us on the show. So, Mike, what is the level of excitement right now around that Purdue, uh, around the offices, the the training facilities, the practice field? Uh, are these guys just ready to get out and hit somebody else that's not in a Purdue jersey? Well, yeah, but I think the excitement, you know, you have to go back probably a year ago, right around this time, when uh, Purdue hired a new athletic director. The uh, the the old athletic director uh, had retired, was retiring, so they brought a new athletic director in, uh, Mike Bobinski from Georgia Tech, and then he, you know, he he makes a coaching change mid-season, then he finds Jeff Brom. Uh, and Jeff seems to be the right guy for Purdue based on a lot of factors, including Jeff was a quarterback at Louisville, played the position. This is a program that is proud of its cradle of quarterbacks tradition. So those things kind of fit, and everything Jeff has done in the last eight or nine months, things that he said, how he's uh, coached the team, uh, it seems, seems to line up with what, Purdue fans like, and there's there's a building excitement that maybe this time Purdue has found the right guy. Now, that may not show up on Saturday because the roster still lacks a lot of talent, but there's an excitement in a lot of areas uh, that maybe this football program will get itself going uh, over the next year or so, uh, and they feel like they got the right guy to do it. You mentioned there, Mike, uh, Jeff Brom, obviously the former quarterback here at the University of Louisville. And I know a lot of people have been making a big deal about it, that it's Jeff Brom and he's going up against his old team and his old boss and Bobby Petrino and Brian Brom's on the staff and he played for Coach Petrino and and all of these different angles. But around that coaching staff there in Purdue, I mean, are they obviously they have to acknowledge it, but I'm assuming nobody's making a big deal about that at that aspect of this matchup. Well, the only big deal they make about it is that they know what Petrino's all about. So they, they, they've taken extra precautions this week to make sure that their signs don't get stolen and, uh, you know, other things. So they kind of know, you know, they, they know all those things. Uh, but, you know, externally they really don't. You know, they answered the questions about it. And the Louisville questions have, have been coming since his opening press conference in December. Uh, so I, I've grown tired of them, to be honest. <laughs> uh, 
because you know in the end i mean it's a it's a nice storyline early but then you, you kind of you know it gets out of the way uh but would it you know if somehow purdue would pull an upset would it be satisfying to this coaching staff to to do it against louisville yeah uh but jeff's also a true true louisville guy you know grew up there played there has a lot of friends there uh so he still follows the program and is interested in how they're doing but yeah, I mean, there's a there's a million connections, uh, even when you get past the Brahms between Purdue and Louisville and this coaching staff. Do you get the feel there, and maybe it hasn't been discussed yet, but I know that Tom Jurich had said that this was a game that they have been trying to get on the schedule for a number of years. Um, is this a game that you think could could be a a game that is played more often than it has been in the past? Um. You know, I don't know, because I, uh, I do know that Louisville's got a three-game series coming up with Indiana mm-hmm. uh, next decade, uh, whether I think it's uh, one one at Bloomington, one in Louisville, one in uh, Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I don't know if there's uh, room for that for a Purdue game now, because uh, Purdue's kind of moving forward with its non-conference schedule. Uh, and, you know, Louisville seems to be making you know moves with its schedule. I, I think it'd be a great, it'd be, I think it'd be a great game. I really do. I think it'd be a great home and home series because uh, Purdue fans would travel there, Louisville fans would travel up here. Uh, I think the neutral site thing works because you're right in the middle of both both cities and both campuses. Um, but yeah, I, I think regional games like this are great. Uh, and it's it, it's kind of a special way to start uh, start the football season uh, with a you know a primetime game, big opponent that Purdue's playing. You know, I think people wish Purdue's program was a little bit better, and it might generate a little bit more excitement about the game. But uh, you know, we'll we'll see how things uh, play out on uh, Saturday. Mike Carmen, our guest here, the Journal and Courier, joining us on the breakdown tonight. All right, Mike, let's get into kind of the nuts and bolts of this game here. How has the preparation been there at Purdue uh, for what Louisville is going to do, uh, primarily on the defensive side of the ball? Uh, how has Purdue been kind of game planning to, I guess, maybe not stop Lamar Jackson, but kind of corral him in and this Louisville offense that showed numerous times last year just how explosive they can be? Well, I don't. I don't think uh, you know. Other teams have tried numerous things. Uh, I don't think Purdue is going to reinvent the wheel in trying to slow down Lamar Jackson. <laughs> you know, basically you got to keep him in the pocket, and they've worked on that. Uh, they've worked on being disciplined in their assignments, staying in their lanes, uh, keeping him in the pocket. Uh, you know, having relentless pursuit uh, because you can't. As everyone knows, you can't tackle him one-on-one. I mean, it takes a special athlete to tackle him one-on-one. So, you, so you've, got to, you've got to get a lot of defenders to the ball, and that's, and that's something they've worked on since the spring, with knowing that this game was coming up. So, um, again, it's, Purdue's not going to do anything new. They'll have a new defense than what they've had in the past. It'll be more aggressive. Uh, you know, they're going to... You know, they've devised a scheme to get their best players on the field, and their best players are the linebacking, linebacker, linebacking core. Uh, so you'll see those guys on the field a lot. They're their most athletic guys. Uh, and they, you know, they're the guys that can make plays on the defensive end. So, I mean, they're just going to try to, to keep him contained as much as possible and then hope 
somebody doesn't step up outside of Lamar Jackson and really hurt them. So we've uh, talked, and, and when you and I talked, you know, back a few weeks ago, a few months ago, uh, at the beginning of the summer, as, as both teams were starting fall camp, um, we talked about some some holes and some issues for this Purdue team, and, and one of them, notably, uh, was the offensive line, an issue as well for Louisville, and it looks like maybe Louisville has found some answers on that front. Has Purdue found some answers and some guys that they like uh, on that offensive line? I think they have, and I, I can't remember when we last talked uh, if we had mentioned the, the graduate transfers that Purdue has added. They've added five overall, two on the offensive line. Shane Evans from Northern Illinois, uh, he, he played for their program. He's a graduate transfer. He, he's played in 18 games, uh, so he brings some experience. And then David Steinmetz, who's a uh, 6'8", 310-pound uh, right tackle. He played at Rhode Island, which is an FCS program. He's another graduate transfer. So in the spring, when Purdue lined up and they had one of their regular starters hurt, they had one guy, their center, Kurt Barron, who had any game experience. Now, when they start this game on Saturday, they'll have four guys on the offensive line who have game experience. And therefore, they should be a little bit better. But this group hasn't played together yet in a game. So there's going to be a learning process for them. And the other factor, too, is they're going to have a redshirt freshman, Grant Hermans, uh, as the starter at left tackle, which is, as everyone knows, an extremely important position mm-hmm. in trying to protect protect your quarterback. So they, they do have some issues on the, on the offensive line, and it's not anything that's going to get fixed in this first week. Uh, you know, I think they need some time together in a game. Uh, they need to figure out all those things that you need with the chemistry and, and all that other stuff. Uh, so I, I think there's a little bit more hope and promise for this offensive line not to be uh, as bad as it maybe was in the spring, that you know maybe they can be somewhat of an asset as Purdue gets, gets going through the season. Mike Carmen, the beat writer for the Purdue Boilermakers of the Journal and Courier, joining us on the show tonight. All right, Mike. As we get set for this game on Saturday, when you sit down to watch it and, and watch it all unfold, what are you expecting to see on the field Saturday night? Well, from the Purdue standpoint, I, you know, and I think this is an important uh, thing just for Purdue fans, what they, what they need to see is they don't need to see last year. They don't need to see a team that gives up big plays uh, and – just kind of looks out of it at times. They need to see an engaged team. They need to see a team that's competitive. They need to see a team that's going to fight because that is Jeff Brom's personality. And if they see that for 60 minutes, I think Purdue fans will walk away with a better feeling about what what may happen this season. But on the flip side, you know, you're playing Louisville, you're playing Lamar Jackson, you're playing a bunch of talented athletes, and Purdue is going to you know, just doesn't have those kind of, they just don't have that kind of talent yet. And it's going to be hard for them if they have to keep up and match Louisville score for score. I just don't think their offense is at that point yet. So they have to do some things uh, from a defensive standpoint to stay in the game, and then they probably have to do some things uh, from an offensive standpoint to stay on the field not only score, but also maybe eat up some time to shorten this game a little bit to have a chance at the end. 
One last one before we get you out of here, Mike. Go ahead and, and give me look into your Mike Carmen crystal ball, which we know is always right. <laughs> look no, in it's foggy, actually. It's really foggy and cloudy. <laughs> look, look into your foggy and, and cloudy crystal ball and, and let me know what are you expecting as far as score prediction in this game Saturday night? Well, I think I mean, I, I, you know, it'd be it, it'd be foolish not to pick Louisville number one. Uh, it just it would be, you know, I you know I think they're going to win the game, and in, in some respects, they can probably not completely name the score. But if they play at the level that everyone thinks that they can play at, and how they've been preparing to play, then they're going to win the game in a relatively easy fashion. You know. How many points? You know, it, it, it's un, it's unclear. But you know, and Purdue can't turn the ball over either, and they can't make silly mistakes and uh, and give Louisville free free shots and free points. But probably Louisville gets. You know, I, I would probably say Louisville forty nine, Purdue twenty, in that range. Uh, that that would be kind of my uh, my guess. Well, there we go. You heard it. Uh, you heard it here first. Mike Carmen's foggy crystal ball projection for Saturday night's game. Uh, Mike, be well. Enjoy the game Saturday night. And we, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for taking the time out tonight to join us on Game Week. No problem. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Mike Carmen, our guest here of the Journal and Courier. You guys can follow him on Twitter at Carmen underscore JC. So, Lou, now that we've heard from Mike, are you a little less worried than you were at 2 o'clock this afternoon? Dude, you know I have anxiety <laughs> through, through the roof. So, no, I'm not, I'm not any less worried until I'm walking away from the stadium on Saturday night um, late with a W in our pocket. Um, but I, I thought it was interesting when he said that um, what Purdue fans are hoping to see is not last year, and I thought that is like uh, that is exactly what Louisville fans are yes. hoping to see. So I thought that was really interesting, and, and it's almost that both of these teams kind of have like a lot to prove, um, and so that's always a dangerous but probably entertaining um, head-to-head that we're going to see. Oh, I'm right there with you. I mean, and I think that as much as Purdue can kind of come into this game, you know, free and easy and just let loose and, and have a good time. I think Louisville's going to have to fight the, I don't want to say tendency, but the, I guess, I guess that would be the word to come in uptight and, and with a lot of pressure on them uh, because so many people are expecting them to win. So I think that that's going to be something that Bobby Petrino and his staff um, are going to be fighting against uh, as we get closer and closer to this game. Saturday night, 7.30 on Fox at Lucas Oil Stadium. If you can't go and watch the game in person, don't tweet Jeff Greer and ask him where you can watch it. I'm telling you right now, it's on Fox. It's it's not on Fox Sports South, not Fox Sports 1. It's on Fox, WDRB, here in Louisville. You can check it out. Don't tweet Jeff Greer and ask him where the game's at, but you're going to do it anyway. Uh, guys, if you want to tweet us, you can. We're fine with that. That's okay. Hit us up on Twitter at the Breakdown UL or at Taylor Lynch at Lewis Metzinger. Both of us will be at the game on Saturday in Indianapolis, no doubt uh, live tweeting our responses and our reactions to what's going on on the field. Although, if the service at Lucas anything Oil Stadium like is, Papa John. Yes, if it's anything like PJCS, we won't be tweeting until about 2 o'clock in the morning um, because it will just be absolutely dreadful and we won't be able to get any type of reception 
at you know all. That PJCS now stands for Papa Jurich Cardinal Stadium, right? Oh, does it? Does it? Is that? We're not calling it by the old name anymore. Okay. I'm down with that. Papa Jurich Stadium. I'm I'm totally down with that. Don't even have to change the initials. We can keep it exactly the same. Just, you know, just change that one name and we're good. I'm down. Papa Jurich Cardinal Stadium. You heard it here from Lewis Metzinger. That's at Lewis Metzinger on Twitter. All right, so we heard the Bobby Petrino sound. Let's uh, switch gears, get the Purdue side of things. Heard from Mike Carmen. Loved having him on. Um, loved being able to talk to him this offseason as well as we get ready for this game. But Jeff Brom met with the media on Monday, and here's what he had to say about squaring off against the Louisville Cardinals. Like myself and team are ready for the football season. I know our team is excited to get the season underway. And I think uh, anytime you play an opponent like Louisville, the very first game of the year, uh, it's a great opportunity to showcase uh, yourself on a, on a national scene against a big-time uh, opponent that's uh, extremely well-coached and has outstanding players and uh, for the last uh, a few years has been uh, absolutely outstanding. So we're looking forward to the challenge. Our guys have worked extremely hard. Uh, we've had a good fall camp. I think as we get closer to game one, our guys are starting to get that itch and that feel that, hey, it's time to get there out on the field and, and showcase what we're all about and, and uh, put all the talk behind us. And really it's about, uh, um, you know, displaying all the hard work that you've put in and, and, and really putting it to use and, and seeing if you can put a better product on the field. But I know our guys uh, uh, are very confident uh, in their ability. Uh, they've seen improvement, and we want to go out there and try to compete and fight and try to win a football game against an outstanding opponent. I know University of Louisville has had a lot of success. Uh, obviously, I'm very familiar with them. Uh, coach Petrino is an outstanding coach, knows how to win, knows how to motivate his players, uh, has a very experienced crew coming back, uh, not only on the defensive line and the secondary uh, and at quarterback, which is very important. So a lot of challenges for us to try to match up against those guys, but uh, that's why you play the game, and I know uh, we're looking forward to Saturday night. How are you going to contain uh, Lamar Jackson? Because last year a lot of people in the ACC and other schools had a hard time containing him, except for Houston at the end of the year. What do you guys have to do Saturday to contain him at the line of scrimmage? Well, that's the top question for sure, and that's going to really decide whether we have a chance to win or not, if we can somehow contain him. I think Lamar is an unbelievable talent. He deserved to win the Heisman last year, and he should be the front runner for it this year. He's a guy that really can change the outcome of the game in one play. He's extremely dynamic. He works extremely hard as a team player. He's gotten better at the quarterback position. But where he's really a danger is with his feet. So we've got to find a way to make sure that it happens. So to answer your question, uh, you know, we think we have a good plan together. Of course, we've watched a lot of video. We've seen the teams where uh, he's ran all over, and we've seen other few teams that maybe have corralled him to a certain degree, and we've got to find a way to do that. So I think you have to give him different looks. You have to make sure you don't rush past the quarterback in a passing situation. You've got to make sure when your uh, quarterback is doing all the quarterback runs, uh, which they do a, a heavy dose of it, you've got to know that he's gonna that he has a chance to have the ball you've got to contain him your eyes always have to be on him and while you want to take away the dive some you've got to make sure that that quarterback cannot uh, run wild and with that said the plan is always you think it's a good plan but it has to be a our defense has to have a relentless pursuit for the football the entire game uh, and it's going to take more than one guy to tackle him even if you got one guy there in the hole ready to make a tackle he's probably going to have a good chance to make that that guy miss because he's so talented and other guys have to be uh, really playing with 
tremendous effort in flying over there to help and rally to help make tackles, and, and it has to be more than one guy. We have some different styles on different ways we do things, uh, and really it'll it'll come down to the players playing on the field. And it'll come down to can we uh, corral and, and contain to a certain degree uh, their quarterback, Lamar Jackson, who's absolutely terrific. And then uh, can we find a way to move the ball? Uh, and in these type of games, I think for us, we're going to have to do the small things right. We're going to have to take care of the football. We're going to not have to have s silly false starts and misalignments and jumping off sides and uh, numerous holding calls. We're going to have to try to be as air-free as we can while we're playing hard and trying to make plays. Uh, if not, it's going to be a long day. So we've got to be focused and locked in. Uh, in order to win against a good team, you've got to do the small things. We've worked extremely hard on the small things, especially this past week in a lot of different settings. So hopefully uh, we can do that. And then when, 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 if you're doing that and, and you find a way to make some plays, uh, you never know what can happen. Jeff Brom there with his thoughts on Louisville's Lamar Jackson. Um, one thing's for sure, Jeff Brom, a big Lamar Jackson fan. Um, yep. Did, did no doubt about it. One of the it. few, apparently. Yeah, exactly. Does just Jeff Brom have a Heisman vote? Um, because if so, we need to send him a fruit basket or something um, because he thinks Lamar should be the front runner for the Heisman. And I think that that's genuine. I, I know a lot of it is a lot of times when guys praise other guys, um, it's coach speak or whatever, but I think that that is um, legitimate. And I think Jeff Brown really just has that much respect for Lamar and uh, for what Lamar can do. And I tell you what, from listening to Jeff there, one thing is for certain, um, this Purdue team is going to be prepared on Saturday night. Um, there's not going to be anything that happens in this game against Louisville that is going to take them off or catch them off guard or that they're not going to be prepared for because Jeff Brom is a detail-oriented guy just like Bobby Petrino is, uh, and you better believe that everything that's on film – he has prepared his team for. Now, whether they have the talent and the athleticism to execute is another story, but I don't think there's any question that they will be very prepared uh, coming into this game on Saturday. Yeah, uh, there's no doubt about it. Uh, I think, obviously, we've seen, um, just like Bobby, uh, Jeff's a proven winner, so I don't think there'll be any lack of competitiveness in this game, regardless of the talent deficit. No, they, the, those guys from Purdue are going to give their all uh, for 60 minutes. Um, I did see this kind of switching gears a little bit before uh, we got on air. Denny Crum, uh, former basketball coach here at the University of Louisville, uh, did suffer a mild stroke uh, from all reports uh, and is uh, in the hospital, could be released in the next couple of days. Um, it says here that he was fishing uh, when the incident occurred. His wife... Um, radio host Susan Sweeney Crum told WFPL um, was taken to a Providence hospital in Anchorage, Alaska, where WFPL oh, wow. reports Crum is, quote, doing well and undergoing tests. A uh, hospital staff member there confirmed Crum was still in intensive care on Thursday afternoon, uh, but could be released this weekend. So our prayers are definitely with Denny Crum uh, and his family as uh, he is on the road to recovery, hopefully, um, after having a stroke. We've uh, all seen what strokes can do and, and the effect that they can have on your body. So, uh, again, our, our thoughts and prayers, and I'm sure all of Card Nation, uh, with Denny Crum and his family as they get through this difficult time. So, uh, with that being said, Lou, 
I know it's your favorite time of the show, and that is when we make our picks for for week one of the college football season. Now, last year we did this, and we did it every week, but we did not keep track of... That's what I was about to say. Are you, you writing this down? Yes, right? yes. So I'm writing this down. We can't run away from it money on it or i mean if you want to i mean okay i mean i'm not rich by any means i'm not either yeah i'll I'll put some money down like maybe at the end of the season let's do it let's do it we'll figure out off air uh exactly how much we want to put down on this but um because then i got to do the math and figure out how much i'm going to owe you uh, at the end of the (laughs) season because this is going to be awful um yeah, we'll, well, yeah, let's we'll do that. We'll do that. Right. We'll, we'll let everybody know. Um, yeah, we'll let everybody know what we ended up deciding. Um, but let's go through this. I, I sent you this list of the games that we were going to choose from, uh, and I know that you've been pouring over the data and the analytics and trying to figure out which team you're going to pick and and why. And you've been looking at defensive stats and offensive efficiency. Oh, I mean. Didn't, and, were you like spying on me? Or dude, something? I know, I know, because you. I've been doing the same thing. Um, so, <laughs> so let's get in. Let's get into this a little bit. Uh, the first game on the docket, we'll look at the NC State South Carolina matchup. Um, let me see exactly when that is, where that is, how people can watch that one. I think that's going to be an interesting football game with Will Muschamp in his second year at South Carolina and uh, see what they can do. And then, of course, you've got NC State, who is everybody's darling in the ACC this season. Uh, yeah, I mean, they're going to be in the college football playoffs. Oh. So. I hope not. I don't want to see Mark have to eat a live animal. Uh, I kind of do, I, but <laughs> I have too much too much love and respect for Mark Ennis to see him eat a live animal. Um, yeah, I don't want to see that. But anyway, this game uh, Saturday at three o'clock on ESPN. You can catch this one. It's NC State and South Carolina. Lewis, take it away. Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, NC State on this one solely, not because I think by any means that they're going to be able to even even get a passing sniff of the uh, college football playoff. But just because I am uh, an SEC hater um, and I don't want to I had got more than enough of people drooling over South Carolina during the NCAA tournament last year (laughs) um, and I don't need any more um, love for them in any sport. Yeah, no, I'm with you on this one. I'm going NC State. I think their defense is just going to be very tough this year for anybody to go up against, um, especially Will Muschamp's hapless South Carolina squad. So let's. So we're agreeing on that one. So yep. I don't know where we're going to be at on this one. I feel like we're probably going to be in agreement on the next one, too. It's number 11, Michigan, uh, taking on number 17, Florida, who will be playing Ironman football uh, because they don't have enough players actually going to this game to field a full offense and defense. Um, So that's going to be a fun one to watch. Number 11, Michigan, number 17, Florida. I'll go first on this one since you went first last time. Uh, Based on my little setup there, I think you know I'm going Michigan on this one. Uh, I think that Florida is missing what now 10 guys uh, will not be available to play in this game I think even if they had all 10 Michigan would still take them to the woodshed Uh, I think this is going to be a a big year for Michigan football so I I'm going blue on this one yeah Florida's situation is just a uh, dumpster fire Um, so I'm gonna go with you as well and pick Michigan okay so I'm I'm writing as as we're going here Uh, Michigan and sound it out at home, kids. All right. Yeah, I misspelled Michigan twice the other day while trying to type something. So 
So you were looking. Listen to me. Like my flame bronchial tubes are killing me right now. Hang on. All right. Uh, had to hit the cough button there. So you were you were actually going through it and looking up Michigan stats, weren't you? I knew you were. Well, no, it was when we were texting about how ugly their uniforms oh. were. Yes. Can we talk about that real quick before we move on to our next pick? Those are awful. They look like bananas. If you haven't, well, it's terrible. It's bad. Well, I didn't think – I mean, the one pic- – there were two pictures. I went to their, their Twitter. There were two different pictures. One looked awful and one looked fine. And I think it was just the lighting on the one. So I'm I'm interested to see if they really do look like bananas or if they look darker and more grungy like the, like the second picture. So we'll have to see. I have no idea. They're playing in uh, – I think aren't they playing at Jerry's World in Dallas for this game? So, I mean, they're going to be under some bright lights. They're going to look like bananas. Yeah, it's going to be bananas, I it, guess. All right. Yeah, bananas. Fair enough. All right. Um, let's go. I'm going to save this one. Let's move on to BYU and LSU. This game was supposed to be played in Houston. Um, BYU played last week in Week Zero um, and did get a victory. I don't even remember who they were playing. That's how bad last week was um, for college football. But So BYU 1-0 headed into this game, the first game for LSU. Again, this game was supposed to be played in Houston. Um, again, our prayers with those in Houston uh, with all the devastation of Hurricane Harvey. They did have to move the game um, from the dome there in Houston. And Lewis, they conveniently found a dome that was available in New Orleans to play this game. I mean, yeah. what are the odds? Oh, interesting. What are the odds that that would happen to be open for an LSU home game to start yeah. the year? I mean, it's amazing. So LSU gets BYU uh, in New Orleans at the Superdome. Where are you going on this one? Um, just based on the um, absolute torture that they put us through at the end of the season, I'm going to go j- just purely on their skill level. I'm going to go with LSU. Um, I think they're just far superior um, Talent-wise, I think Ed Orgeron um, has a ton of momentum after beating, absolutely beating down Louisville um, in the bowl game, really making him look pathetic, um, and that's coming from a Louisville fan. So I'll go with LSU. Also, uh, as far as the hurricane goes, absolutely uh, prayers out to that entire city. The pictures look awful. Um, If you do want to, anyone listening, if you haven't already gotten involved or want to get involved, you can text Harvey, I think, I think you do it in all caps, but I think you can do it lowercase two to nine zero nine nine nine, and it will automatically donate ten dollars to I think Red Cross. So if anyone wants to get involved, that's the super easy way to do it. I did it, so um, just a little heads up there. That's awesome, and we should all do that. And I will do that when we get off uh, the air here tonight. That one a nine thirty kickoff on ESPN. Unless you right now is a fourteen and a half point favorite. Uh, in that one. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going Tigers on that one as well. Uh, no surprise there. Again, like you said, Ed Ogeron, I think, has got a lot of talent and got it rolling there, uh, especially given what they did to us at the end of last year. So, we've got a run coming up here on ACC games. We'll start with this one. It's number 21 Virginia Tech taking on number 22 West Virginia. This one will be, I believe this is, yeah, this is Sunday night. 7.30 on ABC. Virginia Tech just a four-point favorite in this game, so it's going to be a dandy of a game. Um, I, I've i been kind of wavering on this one. Um, Virginia Tech obviously came out of the gates, played really well last year, and then I just, I don't, West Virginia, and 
You know what? I'm going Virginia Tech because West Virginia threw car batteries at us uh, back in the biggest yeah. days. So I go Virginia Tech on this one and wave my ACC flag. Yeah, I would do the same. I mean, I just can't be a West Virginia fan. Driving through West Virginia makes me hate everything about it, so I just can't root for them in any sport for any reason. Um, so I'm going to go also with um, with Virginia Tech. So we have picked every game um, the same so far. This is really not going to be fun. We've got to start disagreeing. Um, this is how we save both of our bank accounts. I know. Come on, go along with I it. <laughs> Maybe this is the plan all along. This is how we're going to do it. Um, all right. So next one here, it's number 25, Tennessee, taking on Georgia Tech. Uh, Lou, you got the you got the go-ahead here on this one. So where are you going? Monday night, uh, Labor Day night, Tennessee a three-point favorite, 8 o'clock on ESPN. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the favorite here um, and go with uh, Tennessee. I, I, I've been really. Thoroughly- I've been thoroughly unimpressed with with Georgia Tech lately um, after they made that run to the ACC title game um, a few years back. I I feel like they've been headed downwards ever since then. Um, So, yeah, I I don't normally pick SEC teams. It's not my thing. Um, But I'll go with Tennessee in this matchup. But I I think it'll be a closer game. I I mean, it's obviously it's a three-point pick right now, but I'm going to say it's probably your you know, right around there as far as score goes. You and I disagree on this one. I'm going to continue to fly my ACC flag and go Georgia Tech. Uh, I heard David Teal last night on Louisville Sports Live say that Georgia Tech was his dark horse pick to win the Coastal Division. Um, I, I'm i just not a believer in Tennessee. I mean, they yeah. folded like lawn furniture last year, uh, but they did win the championship of life, so good on them. Well, I mean, that means more than anything. So. It, of course it does. Joke's on you. Yes, I, I know. I'm sorry. But I'm going tech on this one, so I got both of the technical institutes in the ACC uh, winning games this weekend. All right, let's go now to... Another game that will happen on Sunday night. It's two unranked teams, but I think going to be a very interesting matchup. It's Texas Tech out of the SEC, uh, or Texas A&M, sorry, out of the SEC, uh, taking on UCLA from the Pac-12. This one right now, UCLA is a three-and-a-half point favorite. This is at 7.30 on Fox on Sunday night. This is another one kind of like West Virginia, Virginia Tech, that I flip-flopped back and forth. I liked A&M, then I liked UCLA, then I liked A&M again. Um, I think A&M's got a lot of question marks. There's a lot of heat on um, their head coach, Kevin Sumlin, right now. (sighs) UCLA does have Sam Darnold. I mean, I am like just in left field right now. UCLA has Josh Rosen. USC has Sam Darnold. Um, I don't know if the chosen Rosen is going to lead UCLA past A&M. I think that A&M probably needs this game a little more than UCLA, although both teams really need it. Both head coaches really need it. Um, This one, where is this one at? This one's at, okay, this one's at UCLA. Yeah, give me the Bruins in this one. Yeah, I'm gonna go with um, Texas A&M. Um, oh, 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 here we go. Because I, I just can't pick. I can't root. For, I'm actively rooting against Josh Rosen this season. So, <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm going with Texas A&M. I hope they destroy them. 
All right, so Lewis, an SEC fan now. That's back-to-back SEC picks for Lewis, uh, and I am writing this down so you you can't get away from this. All right, um, let's – I didn't have this one on here because I didn't think that it was – you know, w- worth putting on. But in just a little over an hour, or a little less than an hour actually on ESPN, the college football season gets started. College game day is there right now uh, as Ohio State travels to Bloomington to take on the Indiana Hoosiers. Um, again, this wasn't one of the games I planned on picking, but since it is happening tonight, I figure we'll go ahead and, and get into this one. So, Lewis, Ohio State travels to Indiana. I think Ohio State last time – I checked was a 20 and a half point favorite uh, over the Hoosiers. What do you think happens tonight in this game? Yeah, I, I don't think it's going to even be close. I think um, I think Ohio State's going to run away, uh, run away with it. Um, I mean, just their I don't know. I'm not the I'm not an Indiana football buff um, by any stretch, but mm-hmm. I just I don't know if they really have the the talent pool right now. Um, to compete with with a program um, like Ohio State and what Urban Meyer's been um, putting together year after year. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to go Ohio State. You know, I'm going to pick the upset here. I think that I have seen firsthand what a college game day atmosphere, I don't care if it's on a Thursday night, what it does to the fans, what it does to the football program, the team, um, it's just different, and it just feels different. Um, right, but Indiana does not have Lamar Jackson. No, no, that's that true. <laughs> no, no, they they do not have they don't have anybody like Lamar Jackson. But I'm just saying that it changes the the feel and the atmosphere. Um, and I know that you know Indiana played them tough last year, so why not? Give me the Hoosiers. I, I think Indiana pulls the upset here. I mean, that's fine. I mean, I'll just know how much money you owe me earlier rather right, than later. Right. So Yeah, we'll, we'll go ahead and I'll, I'll mark, earmark that for a drop uh, to All use right. next week uh, yep. when we're talking about these games, and you can make fun of me for that pick. But it's okay. All right. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to the big one of the weekend. It's number one, Alabama. Number three, Florida State. Uh, the first time number one and number three have faced each other ever ever in the first weekend of the college football season this is going to be a big time game um lewis what do you like who do you like uh there's a lot to like in this game uh between bama and florida state yeah, I got to go with Florida State. I just can't, Ooh, I can't for Alabama. All right. Um, I, I know that they probably will. That um, freaking Alabama will probably win. I just can't root for them actively. So I'm going to go with Florida State. Okay. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's so hard to pick against Alabama. I mean, right. it is. They they have done nothing in the last couple years that has shown you that they would not win a football game. Um, but, I, mm, you know what? I'll go Florida State. Give, give me FSU as well um, yep. and see if they can if they can pull the – I don't even know if it's an upset. I, I just, can they knock off Alabama? And then if they do – if look at some of these games. If Florida State gets the win, if, West, or if Virginia Tech wins, if Georgia Tech wins, um, if NC State wins, you have already just – 
put the ACC flag up there and are waving it proudly as we start this college football season. Uh, I, I think it's big time. It'd be big time for the conference. So get, go ahead and give me Florida State in that one. So as we move on last year, when we did these picks, you know we did our sneaky good game of the week and then our absolute garbage dumpster fire game of the week. So, Lewis, go ahead and start us off. What is your sneaky good game this week in college football? Shoot. Um, was Who was Virginia Tech playing again? West Virginia. I think that's going to be a really good game. Okay. I think, you know, I, th- I think that both those teams, like kind of like Louisville and, P- and Purdue, I think they have a lot to prove. Um, Virginia Tech is kind of always that like forgotten ACC team that has been good and had some really, really talented players, but mm-hmm. kind of flies under the radar of the big three that are in the ACC now. Um, so I think they they have a lot to prove there. And then I think West Virginia, uh, kind of the same. Um, so I think that's probably the sneaky good game. Um, are we saying what a garbage game would be? Yes. Well, let me give my let me give my sneaky yeah, yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and, and give yours. Yeah, and you can think of your your garbage game. Um, I I had two that I was picking between, and. They both have one team as a heavy favorite, but I'm going to go with Texas and Maryland. Um, Maryland travels to Texas to take on the Longhorns in Tom Herman's opener as the Texas head coach right now. Uh, matchup predictors giving Texas an 88.9% chance to win this game. They are heavily favored, 18.5 points. Uh, this one, a nooner on Fox Sports 1 on Saturday. I don't know. It's just something about that game. I just think that maybe that could be your, your sneaky good game uh, this week. I guess, I mean, I don't know all the games that are going on this week, and I'm just going off of the list that we discussed, but um, I oh, get it! Get out your watch, ES- get out your ESPN app. Okay, you you pick your garbage game. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna look a, yeah. I'm gonna look and I'm gonna pick off this list. Yeah, do it. Go ahead, pull up your list. All right, my garbage game this week. Oh man, there were so many in the first week to to choose from. So I don't know how I could even possibly pick one this week. Um, garbage game this week. Gosh. <laughs> I think that. Your garbage game this week will be dun dun dun. It's actually one that we picked uh, earlier, and it is that BYU LSU game. Yeah, I think <laughs> after looking at this comprehensive <laughs> list, that has to be it. That's going to just be an. I mean, that, there's nothing about that game that's appealing. There's nothing about watching BYU that's appealing. LSU is going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball all over them and dare them to stop it. So that one is just gonna be just ugh. I don't even want to. I don't even want to watch it. That one's not gonna be a fun one to watch. Um, if I had to pick another one though, I'm looking at the the list of all the games coming up this weekend and. The Rutgers-Washington game, yuck. Washington's a 27.5-point favorite uh, over the Kyle Bolins fighting Rutgers-Scarlet Knights. Oh, that's a good – yeah, I didn't even think about that. I know. I know. I might 
to root for Rutgers this year, dude. I love Kyle. Oh, Moore. dude, I'll be rooting for Rutgers, but I think they get stomped by Washington to start the season. Uh, but I'll definitely be rooting for the Scarlet Knights and for Kyle Bolin uh, to see how he does there with that unit and uh, with those guys. But yeah, no, I think they get. Uh, I think they get curb stomped by Washington uh, yeah. at the beginning of the year. There's just nothing, nothing that sounds fun about that one. Uh, so, guys, again, hit us up on Twitter at the Breakdown. You well, if you're listening to the podcast, share it out. Those are our picks for Week One, and there was one game that we did not pick, and that was our game Saturday under the lights at Lucas Oil Stadium, 7:30 on Fox. It's Louisville. It's Purdue. Lewis, what do you think happens in this one? And give me a final score, as I'm assuming you're going the Cardinals to win in this one. Yeah, I'm going to pick them to win again. Like I said, I, I, my stomach hurts right now just thinking about it. Um, but I guess I'll go. I guess I'm going to go with the score that I want to happen. Okay, because okay, that's just the easiest way. For that's me to fine. Think. I'm going to go Louisville. 56, Purdue, 13. 56 to 13. All right. I'll bite. I'm good. I'm good with 56, 13. I do think that the Purdue offense uh, with Blau in at quarterback can make some things happen. Uh, I think he's a dynamic passer. You heard Bobby Petrino talk about him uh, and how good he thinks Blau is. So I think Louisville wins this one 49 14. I think we see a dominant defensive performance, and I think we see Louisville just wear Purdue down uh, as we get late into the game. So that's where I think. I think the cards roll in this one. You hear it playing behind us. It's all hail UofL, as we'll all be singing that on Saturday. Guys, that's all the time we have this week on the program. For Lewis, I'm Taylor. This has been another episode of The Breakdown. We will see you all in Indianapolis coming up on Saturday night. Go Cards, beat Purdue. We'll talk to you guys next week.